Yeah, leading up to Game 2 tonight at Footprint Center. Suns in an 0-1 hole. Can they even it up? Will the Clippers go home up two games? Here to give us the L.A. perspective from AM570, Petros and Money. Petros Papadakis joins Petros. us here. Petros! Hello, guys. What's up, Petros? How are you, man? I'm good. It's always good to be on with Vince and Bickley. And Likewise. Talk about the Valley of the Sun and all the lizard people out there. You know, I bought... Uh, I didn't buy... I buy crickets every Every day in a big stupid like rock and stuff, but I ended up in like some gag gift thing over Christmas in my stupid neighborhood with a bearded dragon lizard. Ooh. And you know, I'm not a pet person; I'm allergic to dogs and stuff. And I've just been caring for this lizard since Christmas and staring at it and adjusting what's, the heat. What's it called? Uh, it's a bearded dragon. It's a kind bearded of bearded dragon lizard. Sounds like our producer Petros. Yeah. <laughs> they get pretty big. Is he big? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and he's bearded. Are you and saying he's bearded? Are you saying we should feed him crickets? Yeah. All right. Yeah, so, uh, it's hard to find them. You know, you go and people are hoarding their crickets because they want to feed their bearded wow. dragon. It's like finding that is, cocaine. <laughs> All right. How much should Suns fans and the Phoenix Suns be concerned about this Clippers team that stole Game One? Oh, I don't know. Nobody here in L.A. wants to be associated with the Clippers. <laughs> I mean, and, and I grew up a, La- uh, a Laker hater, you know, and I still, because the Clippers just, there's something about the, the franchise that just carries this stigma of failure, even though they have this great owner who is willing to do anything. They turned a lot of people off at the beginning of the season because they were favored so heavily to do well, and they did so much load management that they really were just kind of a middling squad all year. And now Kawhi Leonard's like the best player in the NBA, or at least looks like it, night in and night out. So on the court, yeah, I'm sure it's it's concerning for Suns fans after a, an up-and-down year of their own when people have high expectations. I think there's going to be a lot of drama to come, and I think it's going to be a knockdown, dragout fight uh, to the end. But it is kind of an interesting basketball dynamic in Los Angeles now, one that we've never had before, whereas the Lakers make people uncomfortable because of LeBron James. He feels like a mercenary in town. The Laker brand feels kind of like it's being uh, rented to him and, and his people. And it's odd. Now, these moves they made and bringing in different guys and all that stuff, uh, that's kind of got some people excited. And then again, nobody wants to be associated with the Clippers because their front office and their team is great, but their marketing and their people and everybody they're involved with that you deal with as a media person is, is like a almost like a demon that can do only bad things. So it's interesting. It's very strange times. Um, you bring up some fascinating points on the Clippers' place in the L.A. landscape, Petros. Uh, and and this is maybe an exercise that's impossible to complete. But from your perspective, somebody who grew up as a Lakers hater and somebody who doesn't want to be associated with the Clippers, what would, L- what would L.A. be like if the Clippers actually made it to a finals and won the damn thing? It would be probably like the Rams winning the Super Bowl. Mm. A parade that is 
quite small. <laughs> <laughs> like a WNBA level type of parade. Uh, it's an interesting question because I haven't always been not wanting associated with the Clippers. Just I, I just can't stand the people that, that run it now uh, as far as our uh, media access and all gotcha. that stuff goes. But uh, when I was really young and I lived across from what was then Staples Center before they built LA Live and all that stuff and downtown was still a deadly place like it is today, I used to go every night to Clipper games. I had a credential and I would go to Lakers too and that was like the Elton Brand teams that made the playoffs. Oh, yeah. And that kind of had like a blue collar vibe in the stadium and it always does. The Clipper games have a much more interesting, dedicated fan base then the Lakers have a lot of a lot of people who just want to be seen in the lower bowl, and the real fans you know, tend to be way up toward the top or just priced out altogether. Uh, and that's happened in the NBA kind of in a widespread way, even though the players don't play, which is really interesting. We have to protect basketball players from playing basketball. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's yeah. wild. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Elton Brand teams kind of had that vibe. And then you had like the Blake Griffin, Chris Paul stuff. Yeah. And that felt like... Like uh, nationally, like a highlight thing, but locally didn't really resonate with them. Because ah. Kobe was still in town, right? But uh, they became much more of an attraction. And, and now you have this with a with a really excitable owner and uh, great players who don't talk to the media th- traditionally. I mean, no one can talk to Kawhi. And if Paul George wants to do anything, he does it on his own podcast, mm-hmm. which is just kind of odd. But... Uh, that and they're building this big new stadium in Inglewood. So uh, I mean, I just the, the the answer I gave you with the short one was a better answer than going through the history. Uh, <laughs> it would be like the Rams parade. Gotcha. That's very interesting, especially what you said about um, LeBron. Because last year during the Suns Clippers playoff series, there was, there was a dude who was painting this incredible mural of Kobe on a building, and I went over and I talked to him. I'm like, "Isn't this LeBron's team now?" And he's like, "I am doing this because." We cannot let this poser sort of take over what belongs to Kobe. And I was like, that's unbelievable for a mindset. So tell us more about LeBron and the suspicion and the skepticism. Well, in his time, right, Kobe was polarizing in his own way. And you did have your people that talked about Wilt and Jerry West and James Worthy and Magic. And this is not my Lakers, this Kobe guy. You had Kobe fans and Laker fans, right? The way Kobe's life ended and all that has has really just erased a lot of those negative feelings, which is understandable. And the way that LeBron has kind of come in and communicated is not... I mean, Kobe used to come on our radio show and complain about Jerry Buss, for God's sakes. I mean, it was a much different relationship Kobe had with the fans and the city. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't afraid to talk to anybody. And just the level... its It all comes along with a modern-day NBA. The, the tunnel walk era, the load management era, the player empowerment area, uh, era has turned a lot of people off. It, there's just, just whatever you think of it or don't, it, it's turned a lot of people off. And LeBron's kind of the face of that. 
and bringing that to L.A. and dressing it up in a Laker uniform. Uh, he's not one of us. He didn't come here to start his career. He didn't grow up in a Laker uniform. One of the only guys they have doing that on that team is Austin Reeves. And he's becoming kind of a, a darling. Uh, he was in town a couple years ago, but now it's starting to become more of a national thing yeah. that they're in the playoffs. But it just he feels like a mercenary, I guess. And people, you can do all the media blitz you want. You can push ESPN to push your kid out into the front where he probably shouldn't be. You can do all of this stuff, bully the shoe companies to shape the narrative, all of those things. But people aren't as stupid as you think uh, in this town as far as that goes. And sports is just a minor interest compared to all the other things that everybody's up to, which has always been problematic in town. Ask the Rams and Chargers. So uh, nobody's really bought it, I guess. And the bubble championship and trying to sell that as an accomplishment didn't go very far either. Petros Papadakis from AM570 in LA, our guest. Before we let you go, we're up against it's the break, Petro. So, like, 15 seconds you or less. You guys hold on to your clock, right? I, we, yeah. <laughs> All I do is I just shoot at the clock with a bazooka. <laughs> We've tried. It doesn't work. Uh, but Tell it, that it, bearded dragon not to be all fucked up. <laughs> 15 seconds or less. We haven't had you on in a while. As a proud USC Trojan former team captain, what are your thoughts about the last year of the uh, Trojans in the Pac-12 and moving to the Midwest? Well, you know, you could say that uh, they fixed USC football and fixed it financially and fixed it with the coach and all of that stuff. And UCLA, too. And so they're headed in a different direction. It's just really sad for me because 15 years ago this happened with Larry Scott and the university presidents weren't able to recognize it. They all failed us and they wrecked West Coast football as we know it. And I'll never forgive them. But trying to save the Pac-12 now by saying, well, a San Diego State, you know, that that ain't going to work, guys. The money's gone and some people are going to end up in a giant Mountain West looking thing, and some people are going to go to the Big Ten or the Big 12, maybe even the ACC, but for all practical uh, purposes, uh, all of our lives, the football that we're used to is over. Yeah. Well said. Very good stuff, Petros. Thanks so much for coming on with us. We appreciate it, man. We'll talk again soon.